Come on, quit being a Pollyanna, the first man said. You won't be jabbering so tough with the G-Man in your mug. We're in New Orleans, pal. The liquor capital of America. Rum runners come right up the Ponce train. Europe, the Caribbean, Mexico, booze from all over. And it's everywhere. Waitress got a flask up her sleeve. Cabbie's got a bottle under the seat. Heck, it's these people's livelihood. Used to be on the up and up, too, before those teetotaling bastards pulled this prohibition. Lucky it's not tea we're looking for, eh? The two men shared an anxious chuckle as they strolled inconspicuously through the French Quarter, up Royale Street till they came to St. Peter, where they saw the door. It's gotta be the place, right? Well, how are we gonna get in? You just leave that to me, the first man said, approaching the door. Hesitating, a brief moment of nervous gravitas washing over the man, the door cracked before he could even knock. Instinctively, he leaned in and whispered the passwords. Storms brewing. At that time, the establishment would have been known as Mr. O'Brien's Club Tipperary. Technically, it was a speakeasy, but in the Big Easy, the topic of booze never went unspoken. Way before the obstinate upstainers got their 19th century undies in a bunch, New Orleans was already a thriving mecca of cocktail culture. As the premier port city of the, of the South, New Orleans was teeming with saloons able to offer spirits from around the world. So ingrained in the culture and economy of the town was liquor consumption that New Orleanians saw the Volstead Act as a personal affront on their way of life. And in the city where, quote-unquote, a wink will get you a drink, citizens did everything they could to undermine the sober authorities. Think of it like when the first U.S. states legalized medical marijuana. All of a sudden, a whole lot of people came down with anxiety or insomnia, and that old bum knee started acting up. Stoners across the U.S. zipped up the bottom half of their cargo pants and made their way to the weed dock to get that sweet, sweet medical card. We all know it now, and they all knew it back then. New Orleans never stopped drinking despite lawmakers' best efforts. It's said that 10,000 laws were broken in New Orleans alone the first year of Prohibition. Cars sold curbside booze, speakeasies openly hid in office buildings, and, quote, soft drink stands sold bathtub hooch to the less fortunate. Heck, if you slid a buck under any window in New Orleans, it'd open a minute later with a demitas of liquor and a mixer on the side. They called that a small black, and that's true. Alas, the mouse finally outran the cat and on December 3, 1933, the Club Tipperary opened its doors as a legal liquor establishment. Pat O'Brien's Bar, home of the hurricane. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a hold of that stop sign bending in the feeder band winds and hunker down, because we're about to venture into the eye of the storm. My name is Tony, and this is Pod Tiki. Repealing of Prohibition didn't spell an immediate return to business as usual. Highly sought-after scotches and brandies were hard to come by. But with easy access through the Gulf and up the river, liquor merchants were lousy with Caribbean rum. Tavern owners would be strong-armed into purchasing multiple cases of rum for the opportunity to procure a small amount of whiskey. The perceived problem came in how to unload all this rum on patrons who just spent a decade without their Sazeracs and Vucares. To do this, they found, years before Mary Poppins, 
that a spoonful of sugar does indeed help the medicine go down. Implementing the old Velveeta on the broccoli technique, Pat O'Brien's head bartender, Louis Culligan, came up with the idea of adding lemon juice and passion fruit syrup to a bunch of rum. Honestly, they didn't expect much, but a way to hide the rum flavors that hadn't quite caught on in the U.S. market yet. Turns out their subterfuge was in vain. People loved it. But why stop there? Why not make every drink a double and relieve yourself of twice the rum? Louis Culligan, or maybe Louise Culligan, not sure, he eschewed the old three of strong, four of weak mantra, boasting a whopping four ounces of rum in his new concoction. An argument can be made that for those unable to travel to the islands, New Orleans drinking culture, and this drink in particular, helped repopularize rum in America. And what modality of glassware could accommodate such a prodigious libation? The Gulf Coastal people of Louisiana are no strangers to tropical storms. To protect an oil lamp's flame from the windy inclemency, tall glass chimneys were affixed to what became known as hurricane lamps. These chimneys ranged in size and took the form of a bulb at the base, tapering upwards and flowering out like a blunderbuss. Modeled after these chimneys, the new hurricane glass was larger than any other and added a flair to the drink that was to be a gimmick after all. As a souvenir, Pat O'Brien's branded hurricane glasses soon became just as much a, commo a commodity as tasting the original recipe itself. For such a simple tipple, the hurricane holds a rare place in tropicidum, being born of necessity rather than profit. What a deliciously diabolical dalliance. Let's make a drink. We're going to cover two recipes here, the classic and the modern. If I knew how many of these drinks had conflicting origins or myriad variations before starting Patiki, I, well, I may have stuck to recreation over recitation. I swear, these, these tiki drinks are going to drive me to drink. Speaking of, let's talk about rum, baby. I would venture to guess there was no standard style of rum originally used, given the circumstances of the drink's humble beginnings. Pat O'Brien's probably used whatever rum was foisted upon them by the liquor distributors. Notwithstanding, I think dark Jamaica rum is a pretty solid assumption, as it's been a favorite in the U.S. since, well, before there was a U.S. You'll see recipes calling for navy strength, with, which is based off a of Jamaican style anyway, or any aged rum. Uh, you want to go with something bold enough to cut through a heavy sweetness, but given the four ounces of rum per serving, I'd forego navy strength unless you are actually trying to recreate the sensation of being at sea during a hurricane. You guys know what I'm reaching for here. Meyer's Original Dark is still my go-to for earthy, heavy molasses funk. Though I will say, I have recently struck a, up a love affair with Karuba. It's a bit sweeter and a tad less funky, but is extremely flavorful and dark. Problem is, it's harder to find. I kind of understand why most In-N-Outs don't stock it, as it's pretty much the same product as the more popular Myers, the latter of which is more expensive as well. Either one will do. The next culprit in this troublesome trio is passion fruit syrup. Passion fruit truly is the unsung hero of a lot of tropical drinks. That fruit flavor you just can't put your finger on but seems to pop up again and again in rum punches and house cocktails, that's passion fruit. Of course, you can always venture to make your own by boiling or steeping the fruit in simple syrup. 
And for you fresh fruit nerds like me out there, replacing passion fruit syrup with a two-to-one mix of passion fruit puree and simple syrup works as well. But in these our modern cocktailian times, there are plenty of good options for passion fruit syrup. If you can't find a local brand by you, Monin has a good one for cheap. That's what I used here. It has a ton of flavor, a nuance of spice bite, and is sweet enough without being overbearing. Where the Venn diagram of the hurricane crosses into tiki is fascianola syrup. The elusive ingredient is still a mystery as far as I can find. Sources say it was used in the original hurricane, while others say it was invented by Don the Beachcomber in the early 1930s, and the recipe subsequently taken to his grave. The timelines are congruent, but if Don invented it in California, how did it get to Lewis Culligan in New Orleans? This is a, I don't know, is this a case of simultaneous invention? Or perhaps individual bartenders each had a version of a similar mixture later made famous by Tiki, which is what I lean towards. Either way, the argument is moot because the original recipe is lost forever. That is, until Jeff Beachbum Berry finds the recipe written in invisible ink on the back of a portrait of a palm tree in Pasadena leaning against the wall at a yard sale at the home of the great nephew's cousin's ex-girlfriend's stepdad's storage unit. He always seems to figure it out. So, I'm putting the call out for you, Jeff. Help us find this lost elixir. Now, all we know is that a passion fruit orange juice grenadine mixture is often suggested. More on that later. My guess is that a mixture of fruit and syrup and grenadine was made in order to get these drinks out more rapidly, something Don Beach was known for. I mean, can you imagine getting an order for two zombies, a Mai Tai swizzle, planter's punch, and three hurricanes? Making them all each ingredient at a time, like we usually do as shade tree mixologists at home, would surely excite the ire of waiting customers losing their buzz by the minute. Lastly, but certainly not leastly, we will need some fresh lemon juice. Pretty straightforward on this one. The original recipe is 4 ounces dark Jamaica rum, 2 ounces passion fruit syrup, 2 ounces lemon juice. Add all that to the shaker uh, with about a cup of ice and a shake dot ding now bada bada shake dot ding. Sorry, my 90s comes out when I drink hurricanes. More on that later as well. Pour unstrained into a hurricane glass and add ice to fill. Garnish with a skewered cherry and a lemon wheel. Bada bing! You really can't go wrong with this simple yet effective potion. To stave off those tropical depressions. Yes, it's sweet. It's supposed to be. That's where the funky dark rum offers balance. Lemon juice adds a freshness, rounding out the sharp sweetness and passion fruit syrup. Um, of passion fruit syrup. This is certainly not a session drink. I, you know, I would put this right up there with the zombie in terms of intoxication levels. But wait, he said, raising a finger to the sky, there's more. Now, I'm not going to call this next recipe the modern version because it's the actual modern Pat O'Brien's Hurricane is an abominable sanguine saccharine palaver of posterity. The grenadine-heavy modern version has left me a suffering bastard on more than one occasion stumbling out of the Pat O'Brien's in Orlando as a dumb 20-something. For that reason, I'm going to call this variant the tiki version, as at, fir at first it strongly resembles a planter's punch, but the passion fruit, orange juice, grenadine mix is actually a tip of the cap to what some think was the fascianola mix used by Don the Beachcomber. I've spent weeks weeks tirelessly tirelessly sampling slight differences in hurricane recipes much to the chagrin of my waistline 
and my sobriety to find what I think is the perfect tiki hurricane. In true tiki fashion, this recipe calls for a mix of rums, so I suggest Plantation 3 Star for your light, as it maintains the qualities of higher-end rums at a reasonable price. Here we go. Two ounces dark Jamaica rum, two ounces light-aged rum, one ounce lime juice, one ounce orange juice, one ounce passion fruit syrup, a half ounce simple syrup, and one teaspoon of grenadine. Shake your body line with ice and dump that unstrained into a big hurricane glass. Add ice to top off if needed and garnish with a skewered lime wheel, a cherry and orange wheel, and mint. Oh, and don't forget the tiny umbrella. It is a hurricane after all. There it is, folks. There it is. But there are a few more things I want to bring up before we go drunkenly into this good night. I've used the speakeasy framework before to open a pod tiki. It could be perceived as lazy writing on my part, today's opening, but I really wanted to relay how blatantly New Orleans held out against prohibition. The hurricane was born of a culture that epitomizes what drinking should be. People there drink and enjoy it, but also get shit done and live productive lives. Fun lives. I believe it's the outsiders and tourists that have turned folly chasing death around a broken column of life into stupidity chasing regret around a co-ed flashing her boobs. I miss the days, though, of opening episodes with personal stories. So let me drop a few on you here. There was indeed a Pat O'Brien's in Orlando, Florida, where I grew up. And as a part of what I'll call the Podtiki research years, let's just say I've been a few times. The bar was modeled after the original in New Orleans, complete with the iconic flaming water fountain and beautifully landscaped courtyard adorned with vines and palm trees and tropical plants. In one corner, there was a round booth tucked into some overgrowth to form sort of a grotto area. As a group of friends, including myself, were sitting there enjoying our drinks, the manager came over and informed us we would have to move tables because a high-profile guest needed the privacy of the spot we were in. As we were shuffling out of our seats, who came around the corner but Kid Rock and his entourage <laughs> to take our place? He was actually super apologetic and cool about kicking us out of our seats. <laughs> he, uh, he, he actually bought us all around and let us hang out there and drink it. And he took pictures with some of our group, mainly the girls. And, uh, you know, as we thanked him for the round and moved on, he sat there with a blonde on his knee and another beside him a few hangers-on around the table, and a security standing by. He was a pretty nice guy. Ball with the ball, buddy. Ball with the ball, indeed. Another time, I was there with my buddy. Uh, we'll call him Nick, because that's his name. He offered to buy a round and asked me what I wanted while heading off to the bar. I answered with just something not too sweet. Of course, he returned with a giant sugary hurricane, red and cloyingly sweet. That mixture of syrup, grenadine, and so-so rum that creates a medicinal taste, you know? But loath was I, my 20-something self, to refuse a free drink. So we walked out to his car, still sipping out of the novelty large hurricane glass. At that time in CityWalk, you can walk around with your drink. Well, we walked all the way out to the car with it, jumped it in the back seat, and headed home. About a, w a week later, when my stomach and head finally started feeling normal again, Nick started hearing a disturbing knock under his car like hitting his seat. Um, this persisted for weeks till he eventually took the vehicle to a mechanic 
who informed him the sound his car was making was actually two novelty giant hurricane glasses that had been rolling around under his seat. If nothing else, a testament to the quality of the glassware. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention is the idea of the hurricane being the most famous drink associated with a city that's been devastated by hurricanes. In this age of cancel culture and the Washington football team, it, is it disrespectful? I've balanced upon a few social justice soapboxes in my day, but here's why I think the hurricane earns a pass. New Orleans has been beset by Mother Nature since the pirate days. Much like the islands, the people in Florida and up around the Gulf Coast accept tropical storms as a part of life. You haven't truly experienced the tropics till you've seen a palm tree bend down and touch the ground. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging the natural acts of God that affect us and make us stronger. Much like a 21-gun salute at a military funeral uses the weapon that most likely caused the tragedy to honor it, when you raise a hurricane glass to toast New Orleans, you are paying homage to an American city that has persevered throughout the ages. And that pretty much proves the point of the opening act of this podcast. For people that can stare down a hurricane and still stand tall in the aftermath, they're not going to let a few sober sallies from the government tell them they can't have a drink. And that's death taking a shot at folly for once. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Tiki. Really quick before we head out, I want to thank the winners of the Reykjavaka mugs that I did online on my, on my Instagram. Um, thank you to Reykjavaka for providing those prizes. I also want to go ahead and plug the social media. If you're not a part of the Tiki network, please go to Instagram. You can search at Tiki. You can do that on Facebook as well. Um, let me know if there's any other socials that I'm missing. You can find me at rum underscore poet. And I think you can find me either at rum underscore poet or at Tiki also on TikTok. I'm not sure which one I am on there. I won't let you know that by next time. That is not very good on my part. <laughs> um, also, something exciting that I've been doing. I started a new section on the website at podtiki.com. If you don't want to go through and hold the whole episode to find a recipe or you want to go back and find some old recipes that you just want to reference, there is now a a recipe index section on the website. Just go and click on recipes, and all the recipes are listed there under sections, under... Um, the categories of drink, I listed, the, I listed them under tiki, tropical, holiday, and one more. I don't forget what it was. Maybe a miscellaneous. But you can find all the drinks in there. So th Oh, and speakeasy. Speakeasy was the other style of drink. So please check that out. Um, please spread the word about Pod Tiki. If you're subscribed to us, please, uh, please rate and review, comment. If you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or Google, Google Podcasts, um, whatever other, Apple, whatever they're calling their, whatever iTunes is calling their, their thing now. Um, just cannot thank you all enough for listening. Thank you for growing the social medias. Thank you for growing the Pod Tiki community. Thank you for listening. And most of all, always drink responsibly. Credits for this episode are listed in the article at podtiki.com, and I will see you all next time.